This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Mom and Mine, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception to pregnancy and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On this episode, we're talking with Parijat Deshbanda, who helps women through high-risk pregnancy. We will discuss what the high-risk designation is and some of the associated factors, implications for mental health, and we'll talk about how to cope with the stress that can potentially come during these difficult pregnancies. Parijat is a leading perinatal wellness expert who specializes in working with women during high-risk pregnancy. She educates and guides women on how to manage their stress and anxiety so they can have healthier pregnancies, decrease their risk of preterm birth, and give their baby a healthy start to life. Parijat is a clinically trained therapist, a women's wellness expert, and an experienced speaker on the impact of stress on health and wellness. She has over four years' experience as a psychology lecturer at UC Berkeley and is the founder of My Sahana, a South Asian mental health nonprofit. Parijat is also a certified wellness coach certified stress management coach, and a certified marriage educator. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited that you're on with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have you on for a couple of episodes to talk about some different things that happen during the high-risk pregnancy period and how, how to help moms cope. This is the work that you do. You have a lot of information and wisdom to share with the listeners. But I'd like to get started by asking you about you and the work that you do and how you got to be, have, be in this specialty. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm a clinically trained therapist and I was doing child and family therapy for a little while and I was teaching up at UC Berkeley and just kind of doing my thing. And then I got pregnant and I had a very, very high risk pregnancy. I had actually eight different complications during my entire pregnancy. And I landed on bed rest when I was six weeks along. And my doctor said to me, you know, you have to stop working. If you want to do everything you can to save this pregnancy, you've got to go on bed rest. You have to just stop working. So everything stopped. 
months before I was ready to actually do it. Yeah. And so that transition to bed rest and this new world, this new life was really, really hard. And then on top of that, the uncertainties and all the ups and downs and then being thrown into this whole medicalized pregnancy experience. And it was a really difficult really hard time. And I remember thinking, well, hey, I'm a therapist, so I should have access to some kind of support somewhere. There must be somebody somewhere doing this. I looked and I looked and I looked and I couldn't find anyone. So uh, with everything that we struggled with over the 24 weeks and five days that I was pregnant, um, it was such an awful time. And then I realized that actually therapy wouldn't have been helpful anyway, because what I was going through and what women who go through this go through is a crisis every single second of every day, they're going through trauma. And so towards the end of my pregnancy, I remember I was in the hospital and I didn't know it was the end of my pregnancy so soon, but I remember thinking, you know, if we survive this and we get to go home, I have to change my career because I, I can't stand the fact that there are so many women going through this without the proper type of support. And so that is where this work comes from, is from purely from this personal passion of knowing that there's a huge need for women who are struggling during pregnancy. And, um, and that's why I'm here doing what I do. Right. And, you know, I, I haven't found anybody else who's doing such highly specialized work um, and in the way that you do it. Um, you know, for people who don't know, these therapists are kind of limited to the state that they uh, live or work in and with some exceptions. And so that can be really limiting, but you are now a coach also, which allows you to work across state lines. Exactly, exactly. And the work that I do then is so much more action-oriented, very practical support. It includes patient advocacy and supporting women to be their best advocate for themselves and their baby. Um, So much of that, which I wouldn't have been able to do as had I continued my therapy practice. Right. So, wow, you bring a lot of your own personal experience and passion into this. And so... Yeah, maybe we can, uh, towards the end, I can find out a little bit more about how you help moms to get through this stuff. But before that, I think it would be good for the listeners to understand a little bit about what is a high-risk pregnancy? What does that mean? What does it include? If you can give an overview. Sure. Yeah. It's a really broad general term to begin Mm -hmm. with. So I'll definitely say that. But A high-risk pregnancy basically means that you are at risk for developing health complications during your pregnancy. So actually, it includes women who have health complications or any kind of medical diagnoses prior to pregnancy, some kind of pre-existing condition, or that you develop a health complication during pregnancy or your baby develops a health complication during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So it encapsulates all of that. Uh, There's several risk factors for developing high-risk pregnancies. I know when when I talk about that, sometimes women go, well, am I going to have one? How do I know? Mm -hmm. And and so there are several, there's quite a few actually, but the main ones are a term you might've heard called advanced maternal age. It's usually qualified as about 35 years of age for mom. It's a terrible term. (laughs) I'm not a fan of it at all, but, but they're basically saying after the age of about 35, you're more at risk for developing complications. You're automatically considered high risk once you get pregnant. As I mentioned earlier, if you have a pre-existing medical condition like autoimmune diseases, high blood pressure, epilepsy, asthma, even uh, mental health issues, especially if there's severe mental illness, 
illness, they are considered um, as high-risk conditions too. Mm-hmm. Any health conditions that you develop during pregnancy, like bleeding, shortening of the cervix, gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, things like that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, sometimes a high-risk pregnancy isn't about mom, but sometimes it's because of a medical issue with baby, including uh-huh. poor growth, genetic abnormalities, things like that. And I will definitely make it a point to say here that high stress and anxiety are also risk factors for developing a high-risk pregnancy. And that's yeah. whether you are stressed or anxious even prior to pregnancy or even during pregnancy, it can actually create and cause complications even in an otherwise healthy pregnancy, which mm-hmm. is a lot of the work that I do. And then women who are carrying multiples, so twins, triplets, or higher, are automatically considered high risk as well. Right. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm interested in understanding a little bit more about the the mental health aspects and how that uh, can lead to a high-risk pregnancy for the health of the mom and, and the health of the baby. Yeah, so typically a lot of perinatologists, especially ones who are really good about understanding the connection between mental health and physical health, will qualify moms as high risk if they have severe mental illness. You know, we're talking psychosis, schizophrenia, severe bipolar disorder, severe depression, things like that. And that's because moms who have that may be at risk for having it, it, these symptoms exacerbated during pregnancy. Medications need to be monitored a little bit more closely. Sure. The medications may have side effects to mom or baby during pregnancy. And so for a lot of those reasons, they want to just keep an extra eye on both mom and baby during a pregnancy, even if there are no other medical complications going on. But with stress and anxiety specifically, there's so much research that's coming out about how it directly impacts your body as mom and then how that translates into baby's growth and development, Uh, things like impacting blood flow to the baby, impacting placenta growth, impacting baby's growth even. And uh, one of the biggest risk factors that stress creates is for preterm contractions. And a lot of the moms that I work with are so surprised to see that when they work with me and they are able to lower their stress effectively, that their contractions actually go away. (laughs) And so there's such a strong connection between stress, anxiety, and how it presents in your pregnancy. And if you already have a high-risk pregnancy with other complications, it's just that much more important. It's really critical that you, you manage your stress and anxiety so you don't add on to the risk factors. Wow. Okay. So, right. That, that's super important. I, I guess what it brings up for me is I'm, I'm trying to think of like, you know, putting myself in the shoes of a mom who has a high risk designation as, and who is feeling stressed or depressed or anxious about the amount of like worry or guilt or, you know, responsibility that comes with taking care of themselves in a different way while pregnant. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. It's such a chicken and egg almost situation of where did the stress come from, you know, and and what's, and the complications. I mean, the complications cause anxiety, of course, because your pregnancy isn't going as smoothly as you'd hoped for. And the stress can cause more complications. And so it's just this loop that you get stuck in, which is why it's so important for moms to not only get really, really good prenatal care and care that you trust from a doctor who you really, really 
look up to as somebody giving you the right information. And, and I say that because not all women are happy with their prenatal care. And so this is kind of my message to say, if you're not happy with it, go keep looking, keep looking. This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So it's really important that you get really good, solid prenatal care and that you manage your emotions and your overall wellness at the same time. Both of them are equally important. It's not one or the other. Mental health and physical health. Yeah. Right. Um, So I think that's a really good point, too, about um, finding care that feels right for you or that feels more supportive. Um, It seems like, you know, there can be a little bit of a power dynamic. Um, Maybe, you know, we go into a doctor's office, we're in this high-risk designation or, you know, and maybe feeling more vulnerable uh, from that and then, you know, potentially thinking like, okay, well, this doctor's supposed to know what they're doing and, you know, maybe I should just follow along. So what do you you say to those moms um, to help them, empower them to get that other help? I, what I say to them is you are your baby's best advocate. Your baby cannot speak right now, cannot, won't be able to speak for a long time. You are your baby's best advocate. And if you don't speak up, you will not get the appropriate care that you and your baby need during your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever that white coat syndrome is that we're facing or those fears or that, that hierarchy that we feel in the room. If you feel that with your doctor, you need to find another doctor. Mm -hmm. 
this is not the time to spend trying to tiptoe around somebody, trying to um, figure out whether it's okay to ask a question or not. Now is the time to ask everything that comes to mind, to push back if something doesn't feel right, to get a second opinion, because that's where a lot of the anxiety comes from is not understanding what's happening to your body. For sure complication on top of that it's scary right you're scared for your baby of course you're right so what you need is to make sure you have a trusted doctor that's on your team who understands that you are the expert on your body and they're going to guide you from a medical perspective Mm -hmm. on what you can do to take care of you you and your baby during your pregnancy Right. So, I mean, I imagine that the word high risk for, you know, for a mom to hear is, can be somewhat alarming uh, to be, you know, sort of put in this category. Is it, is it always an alarming thing or, you know? It's not. No. I mean, sometimes like, like we talked about earlier, sometimes the high risk designation is just to flag you as you have more chance than the average woman of having complications. That doesn't necessarily mean that you will. You may go on to have a perfectly smooth, healthy pregnancy, deliver a term and have a healthy baby to take Mm -hmm. home. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely possible. Okay. So high risk doesn't mean like potentially bad outcome. Right. Exactly. uh, The doctors are, what comes with high risk? Are, Are people being seen more frequently, being checked more often? Yeah, you get to, you will likely see a high risk pregnancy OBGYN, also known as a perinatologist or a maternal fetal medicine specialist. Mm-hmm. And then you'll, you'll have more frequent monitoring. You'll have more ultrasounds, more, um, especially as you get closer to your due date, you'll have more appointments with your doctor just to make sure that you're doing okay and that baby's growing properly. Okay. Um, so in terms of the mental health of, of moms, what do you see, um, you know, a lot of the moms struggling with in, in terms of their mental health? You mentioned depression and anxiety. Um, can you speak a little bit more to the mental health stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of risk factors and a lot of things at play that can really mess with your mood or can really exacerbate that anxiety. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially if you're not from the medical field. There's all these new words that are being thrown at you. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what it means. And your doctor can't tell you what to expect. That, I think, was one of the most frustrating things about having a high-risk pregnancy is you don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. And and that's scary. And so those... um, that uncertainty, the, and then you add on to that potential guilt. You feel like you might be failing your baby, that you're not doing something that you should be able to do by taking care of your baby. You feel extra stress about finances if you're not able to continue working or how to take care of your other children. So there's a lot of really intense, conflicting emotions. You know, you want to be happy, but you're not sure if it's safe to be happy and you don't want to jinx anything. And so, and then you add on top of that, women who are on bed rest are very, very isolated. And so they're, they're physically isolated from their world. They don't feel like a lot of people in their lives can understand what they're going through. And so you turn into this little tiny bubble and that just kind of feeds itself. The anxiety can get higher. The depression can get lower. And it just, um, it's a really difficult time emotionally, especially when you don't know who to turn to for support. (sighs) 
Wow. Yeah. And we're kind of asking moms to sort of figure it out without having any support on how to figure it out specifically. Right. Um, so. Right. so I think in our next talk, we can, I'd like to really get deep into uh, and understand more about bed rest yeah. and what that all means. Um, but I think from what you're saying, like, as you said before, high risk doesn't also necessarily mean bed rest. It right. um, won't necessarily end up um, having to have that level of, of care and monitoring. Exactly. There's a lot of other stuff going on, you know, men- mentally just, it is a lot to consider trying to manage just with coping and figuring out ways to, to, I don't know, you probably have to like rearrange your life on some level in order to manage if it is a serious high risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, on, on one end, you know, the only effect you might see is you just have to see a doctor more frequently than you had expected. Mm-hmm. And on the other end, your entire life may stop completely. And mm-hmm. the only thing you're doing is everything you can to stay pregnant and everything else stops. And so there, and the, this is on a continuum. So you can be sure. anywhere on that continuum. And that's why it's so important that you stay informed about what your pregnancy complications are and what your doctor's recommending and why they're recommending it. So mm-hmm. you can make sure that you're taking all the right precautions and nothing is falling through the cracks. Okay. So in terms of the work that you're doing with moms, what are the most common things that you're helping them and, and what are some ways to, to manage and cope with all of this? What do you, what do you do? Yeah. So I work with women. They typically find me, uh, usually in the second trimester. That's when most women who have a high-risk pregnancy end up developing complications. That's not always true, but that's when the women who I work with end up finding me is typically in the second trimester. And I help them on a variety of different ways. Um, one end of it is a patient advocacy piece, so really teaching moms and educating and empowering them on the importance of speaking up, how to trust your body, ways to ask questions so you get answers from your doctors. You're not walking out of the waiting room, the exam room, looking at Google for answers that your doctor should have been able to get. Oh, gee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on the other side of it is really showing them all the different ways that they can improve the health of their pregnancy. You know, we talk about overall wellness. So it, it, stress and anxiety are a huge part of it. There's also making sure you're sleeping properly, making sure you're eating properly. How do you get the benefits of exercise when you can't exercise or you can't even stand up, you know? So finding different ways to get the benefits from your overall wellness plan that you used to have that used to work so great for you, adapting that to now your new reality until your baby comes home. And then a lot of it is really reminding them and empowering them that all these positive steps that they take are impacting their baby in a really good way. Your baby can feel it when you're happy, when you're relaxed, when you are at peace. And so you're not just doing it for you, you're doing it for your baby too. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners 
on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Okay, so, um, you know, you, you, I'm like, I, there aren't enough people doing what you do. (laughs) Uh, In terms of numbers, I mean, how many moms are are we talking about that are are potentially dealing with these really uh, serious, more serious pregnancies? You know, I read somewhere that there's a really large number of women who are on bed rest every year, and the number is escaping me right now. I can email you that number if you'd like and just delete that part of it. But for high-risk pregnancies, there's something around 10 to 15% of women have high-risk pregnancies. And and I would say that number is rising because Mm -hmm. women are getting pregnant later in life. Women are, you know, more women are getting pregnant after fertility treatment and that the underlying causes of infertility can be a risk factor for complications. So we're we're talking at least, you know, 600,000 women a year um, who are dealing with something like this. So it's a pretty large group of women who are going through it and without the, the proper support. Okay. That's a lot of women. And so, I mean, you alone can't help every single person. Uh, but what are some things that, you know, for, pe- for people, providers who are listening, um, who are seeing these, these moms and they're either in therapy practice or OBs or pediatricians uh, who, you know, are seeing moms who are, you know, have little kids or are still pregnant. What are things that providers can consider when talking to these moms about, you know, what's going on for them? I think the first thing is to consistently check in with her and see how she's doing mm-hmm. and encourage her to be really honest with herself. And if she's not comfortable being honest with you, ask her to be honest with somebody else about how stressed and anxious she really is. You know, mm-hmm. we tend to underestimate frequently how stressed we are thinking, oh, we're fine. Oh, I'm okay. I can do it. I can get through this. Yeah. Um, and it, this is not the time to do that because it's impacting your baby. Uh-huh when you say things like that, you're not getting the proper support for you or your baby. So mm-hmm. checking in with her frequently, how she's doing, ask her, you know, how she's coping, ask her what she needs. Um, I would also say to 
encourage, especially for loved ones, to visit her frequently uh, and talk to her about things outside of her pregnancy, really encourage her to remember that there is a world outside of this because she needs that reprieve too. You know, she doesn't, right. as much as she feels compelled to be focused on the pregnancy 24 seven, she also does want to break. And so talking to girlfriends or setting up a, a movie night or something that whatever it is that she can still do is so good for her. And then ultimately really good for her baby. Right. The other thing, the last thing I would say is to regularly remind her that not everything is just typical for pregnancy. You know, it can be related to hormones, absolutely, things like not sleeping well. Um, you can be uncomfortable, but it could also be signs of anxiety or stress or depression, and that she can do something about that. She's right. not helpless against it. And to get involved in her care can really take away that helplessness and help her feel back in control. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, th those are, so, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's, I imagine that it's hard though for moms who are maybe overwhelmed by the, the ideas and thoughts of their, you know, their baby being at risk or them being at risk to, to be able to remember all of this, um, this stuff. So that's, you know, that's potentially where you come in too, is to help give a plan moving forward. Is that Part of the work that you do exactly we we work together to create a plan and then i walk you i walk you through it so mm -hmm. you're not going through it alone you don't have to remember all these details you don't have to be you know in 15 different places emotionally mentally physically at one time that i can hold that for you right so that we're always saying, okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? And there's always, you know, that there's always somebody in your corner or in your back pocket that's looking at your pregnancy from your perspective, going, what's going to be best for you and your baby, not just physically, but emotionally and just yeah. realistically, what does this look like in the real world? That's so good. That's, I mean, this, the, the work that you're doing is awesome and amazing. It's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on here, because really I don't see enough well, anybody, but enough people doing this. Um, and it, this is happening to so many moms. And I'm, I'm sure just like, um, you know, other types of depression or anxiety, our moms are already feeling isolated and alone, but then also having this extra layer um, or layers of things to be concerned and worried about. Right. Like mental health is paramount to be absolutely to be being, um, yeah, attended to. Absolutely. So you've seen moms with, you know, be able to get through this uh, and, and heal and recover and be okay. Um, uh, yeah, I have. And in the work that you're, you're doing with your moms, are you working with them kind of all the way through or it, is it kind of up to them or? Do you guys figure that out together? Yeah, it's we figure it out together. So when they first call me, I do a consultation to get a sense of what they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. And we work on help getting them the support uh, that they need, that they can really benefit from during their pregnancy. And then I do have a postpartum program specifically for women who've gone through a high-risk pregnancy or a traumatic delivery, because I really strongly believe that recovering and healing from that is so different than any other type of delivery or pregnancy experience. Yeah. So you have that for them if they want to continue once baby is born. Okay. So that's another episode. I mean, <laughs> I you wanted to talk about that too. Uh, but I mean, 
are these are great resources, you know, for for people who are in this world of maternal mental health. Maybe they're more plugged in and they can figure out where to find some of these resources. But you know, the average person it doesn't have uh, this like on the you know the tip of their fingertips to to know that this resource is available and that there is support that they can have and they can even that they can ask for help to get through this period of time in terms of their mental wellness. Exactly. Okay, so essentially there's there's a lot to consider. Um, high-risk pregnancies on a spectrum. Some moms will be totally fine, pregnancies will be totally fine, and other moms may have more serious things to consider uh, and uh, maybe impacting their mental health in a more significant way. Uh, all of those moms can benefit from help. There are ways to cope through this. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to really understand and, and hopefully the listeners can understand is that that there's a roadmap here on some level that you that you can figure out with people to get through these difficult things, manage their emotional mental health, reduce their guilt or their shame or their worries, and be able to be present for the pregnancy that they have. Right, exactly. And all of that is to improve the health of your pregnancy and give your baby a healthy start to life. As we talked about earlier, you, physical health is not the only type of health and you have to be able to manage all of it. And doing it alone can be really hard. And that's why I'm here is to help you through it. Thank you so much. This is such good information and education about high-risk pregnancy. And I'm really excited to have you back to talk about bed rest and so we can understand that a little more deeply and also give moms some, some ideas about how to cope with that. Perijot can be found on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn. And for those of you who are listening, she has a lot of awesome resources and good stuff um, on her website. And we will talk with you again. Thank you so much, Perijot. Thanks so much for having me. By joining us today and listening, you're a part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this free podcast so that Mom and Mind can be found by moms, families, and providers who will benefit from hearing our talks. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com where you will also find links and information from today's episode. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.